0: All right, it's Benny Day. That's the wrong mic. Hey. Yeah, there you go. I use... It's well, cool. You only in the studio every day. Yeah, but on the other side, in sure. your chair. Okay, and
1: I See, on this side, it's like, you gotta use the... Headphones only work over here, but that yeah, operates yeah, that yeah. microphone.
0: Don't denigrate this studio. This is... Uh, like
1: a... Oh, it, compared to the other one, it's oh. much better. Especially for Way this. Way fewer fingernails on the floor
0: in here. Oh, you mean compared to the old studio? Well, yeah. What did you think I meant? I thought you meant the new TV studio where all the fancy people are.
1: Oh, I don't even. That doesn't exist to me because I've oh, never yeah. been in it.
0: You never been in it?
1: Well, I've been in it.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: But never oh, operated yeah. It. on a tour, a paid tour. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I asked Daish to take me. Like, don't touch that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I've I've seen it, yeah. but never like used it. Mm. They wouldn't dare let me use no. that. No. that's not for me. That's for the real talents.
0: Yeah. Correct, Mm -hmm. which you are not. Uh, Correct. Which has been made abundantly clear.
1: Uh, Numerous times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's never been a a time where the management is like, why are you using Ben more in here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: my name's never come up in relation to that studio.
0: Yeah, it's weird. So, is
1: there a worse studio we can put him in?
0: Yeah, exactly. we're thinking about closing this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's a inconvenient part of town that you guys I actually do have a, a true studio gripe with you. Can you please like you're wearing a fleece today. Uh-huh. Can you please you guys stop turning up the heat in here?
1: I don't touch that thing. I okay. literally don't know if it works. I have not I, touched that. I actually it.
0: don't know if it works either because I always go to the like the bottom. Mm-hmm. But it gets hot. This is this is twice this week where I've Here's, walked in here. And like you would admit that right now. Oh, feel,
1: yeah, I, I felt that. Today okay. it was warm But I also just had a coffee So I don't know But I, I had a little perspiration near This is my a hairline. weird thing
0: With morning people is, And like I don't remember this Because again When I was doing a morning show Maybe I just blacked it all out Because mm-hmm. it was so traumatic Waking up at that time mm-hmm. Over and over again uh, You know I was going through a pandemic And mm-hmm. having to wake up in the mornings This is a lot for me to deal with Yeah But you guys just have that Running excuse with everything That is kind of nice yeah, That I is know, a little bit of a right. nice Upside oh, to the buddy. job
1: yeah, I've had, and there's been a bit of reality to it. Like, I, I have, I guess, used the excuse of, hey, what am I supposed to do? I wake up at four yeah, o'clock yeah, in the yeah. morning, I'm on three hours sleep every night. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. But there is also. And it's become less and less, like yeah, I've it's adapted it's, more.
0: It's like Junior Soprano, where he's like, I'm trying to get out of jail by using, uh, being uh, an elderly person. What's that called when you start to lose your mind? God, this is making me feel like I have it right now. <laughs> what, oh, yeah, dementia? dementia you no, know, where he has dementia. Yeah. It's a Junior Soprano. He tries to get out of prison because yeah. he has dementia, but then the dementia's kind of real. real. That's you. <sighs> yeah. You're Junior Soprano with no, the excuses. It, it
1: definitely has manifested itself in a couple of notable times for mm. me Not okay. in... in Regards to like a short fuse, like a short oh, temper. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. Blame that the thing. And I have one to begin with, but it's just like I have a more difficult time reining it mm. in or controlling the things that come out of my mouth when I'm on limited sleep. But yeah, mm. no, that thing is real. And yeah. also the uh, the brain thing, like just being slower
0: on the uptake. Well, also you have to be – you have to be doing this job and you got to get – Sort of the emotions going. Mm-hmm. So you got to be tapped oh, yeah, in. Right. You got to yeah, be tapped in the emotions. The service, yeah. So you got to have it at the surface. You got to have it at the surface. And then you get out of here. And I've, then uh, Armin says, like, <laughs> Hey, here's a terrible idea, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> well, I felt bad. I was like, kind of terse
1: to the nicest man in the world, Ben Nicholson Smith, in the oh, last yeah, segment. that's tough. No, and that's, it's not, that's not, not to him. I gotta say, it wasn't to him, but like my emotions, I was like, yeah, yeah. really. It's like, yeah, yeah. Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins, they think
2: they're so smart. Like, yeah, they did. The Royal
1: signed Bobby Witt no, Jr. to an 11-year deal, but like, no, hey. you're too smart to sign. Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Early in their career. Hey, you're some making, double me digit too. you're ext- making me mad You're making me mad too. This Ugh. is making
0: me mad. This is making me mad. Good. Hey, let's do this. Let's do just straight emotion talk. Okay. Cause I'm, uh, hey, hey buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> I'm getting pretty pissed off yeah. about where the blue Jays direction is. Okay. I had on Jeff Ponce mm. who is responsible for the blue Jays at baseball America. Mm. Guy lives in New Hampshire. He's just there. He's at the Fisher Cats games mm-hmm. He's there like every day. Mm-hmm. He's grinding. Mm-hmm. The word is, when we started asking around at Baseball America, it's like this guy eats, sleeps, breathes Blue Jays and prospects. That's all mm-hmm. he does. The, the did you see where the Blue Jays landed in the prospect rankings? Yeah, Kansas? not good. Twenty fourth. That's yeah, bad. So he said the difference between fifteen and twenty four, those groups are not crazy different. He's like it's it's a it's a little bit of like a little bit of tinkering here, a little bit of that. So there's there could be some room for improvement, some up and down, whatever, but. The other four teams in their division, teams that, by the way, just like the Baltimore Orioles, who just made a significant trade for Corbin Burns, they're first. Mm -hmm. The Tampa Bay Rays, who perennially are better than the Blue Jays, Mm -hmm. are seventh. Mm -hmm. The Yankees are, who just traded for Juan Soto, by the way, Mm -hmm. are ninth. Mm -hmm. And the Red Sox are 13th. Mm -hmm. Every team in their division has done much better than them when it comes to prospects. Most teams in their division have done better in the playoffs since the Blue Jays have been in their winning cycle. The Jays don't have either of their young stars locked up. We used to have the compromise of, well, okay, maybe it's not going to be realistic that they'll have both guys, but surely they'll have one, and right now they have two. And today we're going to be waiting for arbitration news on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They don't have a hit outside of those guys like, they, they don't have another prospect hit. They've had moments where we thought yeah, maybe Alec, Alec Manoa was, was going to be there, a yeah. Cy Young guy. But now we're waiting on a, a bounce-back candidate mm-hmm. here, right? They're, and hey,
1: Danny Jansen's good. Like, that's – I mean, that's not this group's –
0: yeah. yeah, that's – I was going to say, that's that first of all, that's not their thing. That's mm-hmm. not their guy. Mm-hmm. So – He's excluded from this. I'm just saying they don't have another piece that has been around the roster. They've had moments of, hey, this is a fun story with David Schneider. But they haven't had a massive coup. Their biggest move has been signing Kevin Gossman, right? That's been by far their best move as a front yeah. office. But go through sort of Chris all Chris
1: Bassett the- was good too.
0: Chris Bassett was a good signing. There's no doubt about it. But if we're talking – like if you're going to grade that signing, mm-hmm. you've got to look at every single year. Like Barrios, the extension at the time, looked pretty good. They're not getting the ROI on the Burrios mm. deal. Sure, no, they're, they're absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely not getting. He's not what they thought. They're happy he was going that to be. he's
1: in the rotation.
0: Yeah, but that's and because
1: also they, the the guy that get up like Austin Martin stinks, but yeah. they use him to to get a valuable contributor, a yeah. guy that posts
0: thirty times a season, right? Sure, man. Uh, like I said, I don't think that's why... they. That's not what the money was for. Was starts
1: it actually was sure no it it actually physically it it was like a guy that starts more than 30 games and a guy that yeah can be in the discussion for the Cy Young Award but like at worst is a better than league average starter and never
0: hits the I.L. sure um the main thing is they thought that he was going to end up being better than he has been so far no doubt there's no question my point is is when when are you going to do a thing when are you going to do a thing that is wow that was way better than expected outside of Gossman can we get one of those here? No, because this has been an off season where you went into it saying, "You know, we recognize we got to make a splash, we know we got to do things differently, and it's like they've had dysfunction amongst the ranks. This is a front office that during the off season had conversations publicly about how they need to make sure that their communication levels are better throughout the ranks. Like, which can you be one of the good things? Can you be the good scouting organization? Can you be the good free agent organization? Can you be the good trade organization? Can you be the good signing organization?
1: 2021 was good. And they just like, if they make the playoffs and win a world series or, you know, which was not out of the realm of possibility with that group. But yeah, 2021. Oh, Marcus Semyon, What a a signing. Like they, they, they did it all in 2021.
0: Hey, can I say this to you too? What? Then you should be the head of Fly Junior's arbitration. You should be his lawyer.
1: <laughs> As you know, agent.
0: I shouldn't. No, well, no, but if, because I, <laughs> to, to tie it into this,
1: also it, Gabriel Moreno was their guy. So like they've done some oh, yeah. some, good, some good, like international free agent. They, they didn't necessarily use that chip in the proper no, way. <laughs> That's what I
0: mean. The one thing they had, they were they, they were at the one yard line. <laughs> Throw it. <laughs> <laughs> throw it to that fourth receiver. Uh, Surely he'll come up with the play. Uh-huh. This is the call to make. Yeah. Um, just saying the misses are really starting to stack up here. And I was, I was willing to take a breath and go, You know, it's kind of stupid optically in my opinion that you're going to keep doubling down with Atkins, especially given that his entire calling card was years of control and they chastised the emptying the cupboards and need player development, and need waves. And now they had one wave and it wasn't even their wave. <laughs> and, yeah, they've sort of turned this organization into a team that is completely dependent on signing free agents, but you see how, like, the risks that come with that without being able to develop internally to supplement or tra- that. Yeah, I
1: mean, they've or done their trades. trades. And, yeah, the Matt and trade was good. Like, all, none of those guys turned into anything. Like, it's all, like, yeah, uh, Silent Bob, Kevin Smith, he's uh, nothing.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, though, too, that I, I, you you want that to be the case, mm-hmm. but also it's a little troubling that they've had essentially every single draft be a miss at the top, except for potentially Alec Manoa. Yeah. Under this regime, they have not had a first round pick. Like this was a jarring thing when I was looking through preparing for uh, yeah. a Jeff Ponce.
1: That they, was a great interview. You did.
0: They didn't have a first round pick on the playoff roster last year. Yeah. From nice. this regime. They did not have a first round pick. No,
1: it's not ideal. No, that's not good. No, 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 it's not. And yeah, it, it's, it's a crap shoot. Sure. The, the major league baseball draft compared to other sports, but yeah, you're you're yeah you're dealing, man. At some point when you're getting close to a decade's worth of first round picks, yeah,
0: you'd like to have one that you can point to and say, look,
1: yeah. And it, we're we're not talking about you know they haven't been picking thirtieth, right? They've uh-huh. been picking in the meaty middle of a first round, and there's been players in and around the guys that they've selected that are contributing at a higher level than you know TJ Zoic or Logan Warmuth who I remember the the thinking around his selection was like there's a pretty good baseline here he's can you know college shortstop he can give you at mm-hmm. least a, you know league average play probably at a premium position he stanks Jordan Groshans we had a second there where it was like oh maybe no, no. nothing yeah Austin Martin like i said i i was big time bullish on that 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 Draft pick. That was the one where it was like, oh my god, it was like they had the Tampa tank, and they yeah, had the we thought it was going to be big.
0: Austin and Bo, and that was We're be the. We're like, future.
1: oh my god, they got this guy. He fell to them, and yeah. again, they parlayed him into something. But that was poor selection. That guy stanks, mm-hmm. uh, Gunnar Hoagland, I guess the word's still out, and he was hurt when he was hurt. I I never know how to pronounce this guy's name, Brandon Beria Ber- Ber- yeah, Ber- Beria See, he's, he's just
0: here's the thing. Here's what you need to know about him. He's always there, like fourth to sixth ranked prospect and
1: and I remember reading some stuff about maybe like some commitment issues with him. And Good. yeah, the numbers haven't exactly jumped off the page. And, uh, yeah, hey, the, guess what? The short well, I, I like,
0: I, I like trying to pick people's brains on the prospects because I'm trying, I'm really mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. never once has a prospect guy come back to me and been like, keep an eye out for Berea." <laughs> and you get
1: credit for like a Davis Schneider. If he turns into something, so you get cre- but they, but that's the thing they've
0: done that. They've, they've been able to identify depth guys that mm-hmm. have done well, Kevin but Biggio. that's what you need around, a super Sour. talented core that has a ton of studs when you're losing guys. It just, it's, it's, I wasn't planning on starting here today. Just, mm. but when you started with the, I know. I hey, have theory, actually. this I is just... where they're at. I, I, I just, I, I got to tell you, I've been sitting on it for a while because I'm trying not to be over reactionary about the off season because I think people have been critical of me saying that I'll speak before the off season's done and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, Are you going to come say something to me now that the off season is apparently Mm -hmm. done Mm -hmm. that this, this does look uh, potentially a little bit disappointing. Like this is not looking like the greatest off season. I just am. I'm kind of surprised. I got to tell you that for a front office that said, no, we're standing pat. We stand on our guys and we're, we're going into this with John Schneider with Ross Atkins with no major developments. Like didn't they keep the hitting coach? They kept Mm -hmm. Guillermo Martinez, Mm -hmm. for God's sakes. Like, they didn't even make the smallest Mm -hmm. change. They're going into the season, and I thought, okay, they're going to have some move of consequence. They're going to have some trade. They're going to have some free agent signing that is at least going to force people to go, all right, well, that's all right. And it's been Justin Turner and Isaiah Kiner falefa and bringing back the center fielder that we all thought was going to be a one-year rental so that the guy you just traded for could move into a position that has more value. Like, it's just... It's we, one of the more confusing off seasons I can ever remember. It,
1: not if you consider this, okay? And and now again, Vladdy in
0: arbitration today. Well, but
1: this is it. Like this is all confusing. It's all stupid moves. If you view the window as open and still open and could still be open for years and years yeah, and so years. I
0: like this theory. I like where you're going with this because th- I've, I've been thinking the same thing.
1: It makes a lot of sense if at the outset of this thing you're like, this thing has an expiration date. It's done. And at the conclusion of the years of team control for Bobochet and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., sorry, guys, just like, hey, we kept it open for as long as we could in the Alex Anthopoulos old guys era with mm-hmm. Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, and, and Josh Donaldson. We'll keep it as open as those guys are not making an exorbitant sum. But once they are, if we haven't done it, then we're shutting her down and we're going through the wilderness for hey, last time we went through the wilderness it was only a couple of years.
0: But that's it. I don't think that they're ever doing the wilderness again. I think it's always gonna be some type of hybrid mm. like this. Because
1: I'm I with mean the you. pitchers are still under contract for like yeah. a couple of years beyond that. So maybe you won't be horrible, horrible. Yeah. But yeah, you clearly need to restock the cupboards here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so I had a similar thought, which was maybe internally they just know that it's it's like why would
1: it's we double down them. on this yeah. thing that has an expiration date? And we, it's not like we don't believe on it no. in the team. It's that's like, it. but it's on you. We already said it's on you. the The whole plan rests on you, Bo Bichette and Vladimir that's Guerrero it. Jr. And how different does twenty twenty three look if we get the best version of Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? We're basically, rests on one guy because we know that's we're getting it. out
0: of Bo. That's it. You, you, you've you've done it. You've, you've cracked, cracked it? the case. The guy that's in arbitration today. It really does feel like the entire Blue Jays. It's it's weird to say this because. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, it's baseball It's one player One of it's nine It's one
1: But you can only control Like he only yeah. steps to the plate Four times a game
0: and, and we've seen this with You know Mike Trout Still one of my favorite tweets Of all time Which is the most accurate thing Because they were doing Great sports tweets yesterday They were picking yes, around saw that but Matt Atomics, yes. his, every night it's Matt, Mike Trout has done something that we <laughs> haven't seen since, uh, insert old baseball players. Tungsten Arm-Doyle. T- t- yeah, Tungsten Arm-Doyle yeah. and Shohei Otani, and the Angels lost 8-3, and it's, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly it. So, yeah, of course, it's baseball. One player doesn't. But in terms of the trajectory of the franchise, I think that this is an all-time hinge moment with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and it starts today, mm-hmm. right? Like it, today is... The, for today is the first day of the rest of our lives mm-hmm. with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but it might be the last year of the rest of our lives with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Like if he, yeah. if he is dominant this year. Mm-hmm. If he OPS is 950-plus, he's going to make them eat it, and they're going to have to give him a big old bag of money, Mm -hmm. and the franchise goes into we are still the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. franchise. Mm -hmm. We are being competitive. We are working trades to be around this player. We Mm -hmm. are working more aggressive in signings. We are in win-now mode. You know that farm system that you're so worried about, J.D.? Guess what? It ain't getting much better because we're building around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm -hmm. If he sucks... And I'm saying sucks for Vladdy's. Yeah, you know, like like what he did last year, which was that sucked. That okay, sucks. I
1: have like we don't. You know, you don't need to qualify with me, but I'll I'll just for anybody that's maybe yeah, it, no. it's been a while since We're we talked about with this. Vlad in 2023 sucked big time. Okay, he's a nice person. I'm I'm sure. Like that's great, and he's like capable of more.
0: No, we're just 90s. You know, we're 90s babies, and so saying sucks is. (laughs) It's a loaded word for our generation. The numbers Vladimir Guerrero Jr. performed to a Mm -hmm. season
1: ago, his baseball reference page, his fangraphs page, war totals, and the players that he's in and around Mm -hmm. production last year for what he has been, what he is capable of, what the expectations were, Mm -hmm. sucked. That was correct. That sucks.
0: Yeah, there's no. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> like, if you, if you watched last season and you were a fan of this team, you knew that when he was coming up in a big spot, it was far more likely to be a double play, a ball beaten into the dirt over to mm-hmm. the shortstop, than it was to be a ball that was going to go off the wall or over the fence.
1: Yeah. So I, I like you. I've been trying to like take the positive spin on it because I. Well,
0: this is supposed to be positive time. This I know. is supposed to well, be everybody the time. Everybody's hope, yeah. Dude, you and the I, the Royals have bro, hope. My you goodness, you and I did a show before the twenty seventeen season. <laughs> which so Curtis was Granderson
1: season? Yeah,
0: we were at the <laughs> ballpark, and you know what we did that day? I st- I'll never forget it. We, we had read an article. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was like pathways, simulator ways to get the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. To, to get the season. You know, we're, we're looking at this thing. We're like projecting forward. And it was like the Jays in simulations have done one out of a hundred. And we're like, here's the path. And you and I did a show. That optimism, show. optimism show. Oh, my goodness. Of,
1: that is a million years ago.
0: Exactly. We did this show. And I said, this is my take of the, the year. And this is how bad I am at projecting this stuff. And so for those of you that are feeling the, the doomsday part of this with me, just know that I am an idiot. I get these things wrong all the time. My theory was Kendris Morales can't get worse. Yeah, <laughs> Kendris Morales has to level off a little bit. And no, yeah. he didn't in 2017. He was, gone. He was on the Oakland Athletics pretty quick.
1: Anyways. And it, yeah. So... You don't have to I'm go saying, too. We, you don't have to go too far to be like positive about this team. Like, yeah, no, no, they can be better, are. and they can. Yeah, they yeah. won eighty nine games and yada yada yada. There's no, paths, but but reasons, the forced reasons
0: for optimism. So let's put it this way: there are reasons for optimism. There's not a lot of reasons for excitement.
1: No, but like as far as even today's news item that Vlad we're going to get the arbitration award. Yeah whether he won or whether the team won today is
0: so it's already done it's just that they yes. don't announce it until no, later n- yeah noon it sounds like I know you know this because you're all big brain and you probably did it with mm-hmm. BNS uh, no, I just like asked him I yeah but that's what so it works yeah that's how it works is you you get the the arbitrations done but they don't yeah. announce it to the next day so that it doesn't affect any of the other hearings
1: right um so I've been looking for the positive spin on the mm-hmm. Vlad thing I found one I don't think is is totally out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm and and not that Vlad's like an unmotivated guy, and that's exactly what Ben Nicholson Smith just told me in the last segment of my show. Mm-hmm. So that like I don't think there's an outside factor that's going to impact him here, but I don't think he can get worse, honestly. And I don't discount the possibility of the Blue Jays saying, "Hey, how about like an act like this is a guy that at no point in his entire life has he been doubted ever. Mm-hmm. Like even while he's putting up like mediocre seasons, like it's never like there's been detractors, but like the overall." baseball landscape look at he's
0: on the cover of MLB the show but I was just gonna say is he even being doubted right now because he's still that Buddy, like.
1: no factually there is you can point to the fact that the Blue Jays are like yeah one, we haven't signed you to an extension. And two, uh-huh. we, we're taking you to arbitration. Like, and
0: everyone else in the group of young star players is already secured every, the bag. Except
1: and, for Juan Soto, who was offered yeah, more but, than $400 yeah. million but, yeah, from the Washington it's, it's, Nationals. It's, it's,
0: it's about him, not the other way around. Yeah. Like, yeah. Vladdy had the quote two years ago of, I'd love, or sorry, it was it was last year, I think, during the yeah. offseason of, yeah. of I'd Jay love to us. sign here. Yeah. I'd love to be a Blue Jay. Just,
1: no, but this is factually, well, one, the act of going to arbitration. And yeah. It's maybe it's more professional than what Corbin Burns went through eleven months ago, but mm-hmm. certainly there's Blue Jays are not going to an arbitration hearing and being like, oh, they're not gonna soft pedal it. Once you're there, you're there to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to present evidence that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not worth the money he is asking for. So for the first time in his life, he will hear somebody talk to a person in earnest about what has disappointed them in his play. Like there have been other people, and you're right, like it hasn't been universal. Beloved as far as the coverage of him, but this is the most concrete example he will have. And there's not a is it the non zero possibility that either one, the blue jays think, hey, maybe this is good for the player. And two, that it is actually, you know, mm. beneficial to the player. And three, like, again, how much worse can it get? Do we really think like I as as poor as I think his last season was, I think that's about the basement. Like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is never going to be a below average offensive player. Mm -hmm. I don't think he gets much worse than that. If that's the case, like what what do you have to, what do you have to lose here?
0: Mm. I just can't, I can't stop thinking about what they're going to be saying in that room. Because this, like, depending on where you're at, I I thought about it. I went, okay, I I tried to basically role play being both sides. Because if you're the Jays, you don't want to go in there. Total guns ablazing and just what like tear down Vladimir Guerrero Junior's 2021 season.
1: That's the way I, it goes, though.
0: I know it is, but yeah. So
1: like, so then don't go. Then figure it out before you get there, because you don't go. Yes. You don't. You don't decide that you know less oh, know than two million dollars line. in in indifference is is not worth it or worth it. Like, and then you just like, and you get into the arbitration hearing, and you're like, oh, just have it anyways. No. Mm. You, if you if you decided that you're going to soft pedal it, you should have just given him what he was asking for at the outset. Like what what are you doing? Like you can do now. They can't do a one year deal. They could have done a one year deal before the the uh-huh. numbers were exchanged. If if you're going into this hearing and being and not putting your best foot forth, then why wouldn't you have just given him what he asked for a couple of weeks ago? So no, they're going to bring to the table an argument that they believe will win. Which mm. is, I mean, it's obvious. And these. It's, yeah, it's not obvious. the last two years. No, but it, it, it's, I said, it's obvious, actually not obvious because yeah. these arbitration hearings are so bizarre. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's likely going to be, Hey, you didn't hit a home run at home until whatever June, like you yeah. hit no home runs. They're going to show the comparable players that he finished with, OPS wise, and be like, well, those guys aren't making nearly the money you're making. That th- those are the arguments they're going to make
0: for sure. But if I was Laddie, I would be going, yeah, but nobody on my team did last year. You guys did this to me. Mm-hmm. You did this to the ballpark. Something happened in here that stopped allowing us to hit home runs. Brandon bell was okay, but like, yeah, it, but a lot of players. You're right. Struggled at that's home. That's it. I just, I wonder. I wonder how much. Fine for him, but his numbers were still down offensively on the year. Totals because he
1: was hurt at yeah. the end of the year. But no, then overall, Bo Bouchette was like, was Bo Bouchette. And the other thing that is like so nebulous about this, like, and I was going back because Corbin Burns is an interesting case study because he was so vocal. Yeah, I wanted vocal. to bring that up. He was so vocal about yeah. how the relationship was soured. After going to arbitration with the Brewers, and here we are, less than a year later, he's been traded out of Milwaukee, which probably would have happened either way because they're Milwaukee, um, and he's a Baltimore Oriole. But that, um, yeah, they're one of their major arguments was like, we missed the playoffs because of this guy, and is there a possibility that Ross Atkins is taken to the microphone or had taken to the microphone at that arbitration hearing. and was like, look at this game two of a playoff series against the Minnesota twins tying run on second play on second base represented by this fella. Yeah. And there he is getting picked off. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's a very good argument to be making in your, when you're talking about the player's overall value, but who the hell knows what's, what's actually, what, what works in these are like, that's not out of the realm of possibility that that was brought up yesterday.
0: No, But that's Benny. This is what I'm saying is I I think or I wonder if they had enough going into this arbitration case. Statistically speaking, just statistically, yeah. that they were able to outline a case of they felt confident they were going to be able to save the $2 million. Mm-hmm. Because to me, if they start getting into the personal with Vladdy, it's hard for me to envision a scenario where that bridge gets yeah. built back together. Yeah. Right? Because, man, if there's one thing we can say about Vladdy mm-hmm. is that He's clearly an emotional player. Mm-hmm. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's when a he's human out being. There. Yeah. Yes. But we've seen him during his slumps look completely dejected. Yeah. Right? We've yeah. seen him like the body language go completely into the toilet where you feel. Awful for the guy. Because you can just tell he is very much a, when he's having fun and he's having success, you feel confident in the player. When he's dipping that confidence, it's very public. You're able to see it. Some guys, I just think, are more business than others. And to me, Vladdy seems like the kind of guy who is a little bit more, this is going to hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And the Blue Jays got to be pretty damn careful. If the whole if the whole success of the season is predicated upon mm-hmm. this guy has an awesome year, then over personalizing this to the example that you just used of here's how you killed us in the playoffs. And here's what we think you should be doing better in the off season and go on down that string, pull, keep pulling that thread. You're yeah. You d- your returns might not be so great.
1: Then you shouldn't have
0: taken them here
1: because I'm telling you, this is. These are some of the arguments that are made in these hearing rooms. I know because it happened a year ago. Corbin mm. Burns lost that hearing, despite the fact that he was you know, made thirty plus starts, led the National League in strikeouts. So, mm. yeah, if you're going to an arbitration hearing, you want to win. And what wins? Sometimes narrative arguments like, "Hey, we
0: lost the playoff series because of this guy." Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't think... That's I,
1: why I would have avoided it at yeah, all costs. Of course,
0: of course, of course, of course. <laughs>
1: That's why they did... I mean, we also have proof of concept with it, this. I they avoided say, it with
0: Bo yeah, They're I, like, we're not doing this. Well, it's it's just so funny, though, because if you would have said to me, which is the guy that you... And, and the Jays would have lost an arbitration to Bo too. That's mm-hmm. a part of this, is that they didn't have a case. That he's like, yeah, look at my numbers all the time. They're the same. Mm-hmm. Pay me the money. I'm a shortstop. And the Jays yeah. went... Yes, a no brainer. Mm-hmm. But if you would have thought of, hey, who's the guy that you would want to go to arbitration with, to me it would have been Bobachet because he was oh, yeah. raised in the like he's just He
1: feels like he needs a chip on his shoulder, right? Like it's it's funny how two seasons ago he gets bumped down to seventh in the order and like immediately turns the entire narrative of the season. Like that is a yeah. guy that I'm 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 easier to make the argument that going to arbitration, it's not going to be an Ilya Samsonov thing where he like just crumbles in on himself. He's going to be like, but that's it. He's going to make you eat.
0: Yeah, more more so too. That he is. I I feel like he's the type that understands that, or that would be easier to hit with the business side of things. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is the business. This isn't, you know, like the the Jays have been pretty harsh to Vladi already. They basically blamed him having fun. Yeah. For the team collapsing against the, the Seattle Mariners. And they made some pretty questionable moves, really. Like, you know, you can say you like Eric Swanson, but it's not as though the Jays won that trade. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't. They
1: no, didn't. we we knew when the trade was made. We're like, oh, yeah. this you have this to view about, this in yeah. concert with what they do with the money.
0: And then what they did with that money was they signed Kiermaier. It was good. Yeah. And they signed Bass. Yeah. Bass that it was good. They, so they, I got, they
1: were missing some home runs, I think, that would have been provided by Oscar Hernandez.
0: Probably. Should yeah. have been, Yeah. Should have been all right. And then they traded Lourdes Correale Jr. They just threw him in. They said, this guy's worth nothing. And then he made the all-star team. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then he was an all-star. Yeah, his numbers dipped after that, but still, that was kind of a thing. Anyway, I just, I think it's going to be fascinating today, but I I agree with you. I think ultimately where we landed up with this conversation is that this year, as much as it is about the front office and the, the Blue Jays team as a whole and the Manoa bounce back and... You know, the Kirk bounce back for God's sake. There's like, there's tons of storylines to this Blue Jay season, especially when it comes to both positive and negative regression, right? Mm-hmm. But really, most of this just does feel like it centers upon one guy and his ability to either recapture superstardom or if he continues to look the same, it's just that the franchise has to change its direction completely. Like there's no, there's no guys that are coming up it just becomes a complete mystery box of what ends up happening moving forward. Like you can see the path of Vladdy has success Mm -hmm. of what the organization looks like. Everybody reups, you know, they win a playoff series or, or, you know, they go, they make a little bit of a run. Mm -hmm. It's on the backs of Vladdy and Bo. You have proof of concept. You say, we're going to try to do whatever financially possible to continue this. Let's keep it going. You don't get that. Mm -hmm. It's not just this front office. That's going to where the, it's going to be the players and it's going to be, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you where you could see a scenario where like there's there's no guarantees that anyone that's on the roster this year would be on the roster the following season.
1: No, look at, I mean, just look at the, where everybody's contract expires ex- 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 outside of Jose Barrios. And yeah. Jose Barrios might be Sorry, uh, he'll Will be the, he'll, Yeah, he'll be the guy. In the, yeah, in the empty yeah, house, right? Yeah, he'll be the guy. You're
0: yeah, right. It, Sorry, I, I over-exaggerated <laughs> when I said not everyone will be here. He'll be here.
1: <laughs> and Alec Manoa is still under team control for a million years, and I guess that, that could be a positive asset. He's a yeah. huge X-factor in the season as well, No, he's right?
0: a massive X-factor because, like, yeah, you, you want to have him at the top of your rotation. I'm just saying that in terms of franchise direction.
1: It's mm-hmm. one guy. For you know one I baseball
0: know? team. It, it just, it's it's weird because it's basically the exact same thing as the, had the Angels not, or had they been able to re-sign Shohei Ohtani. Mm-hmm. They're looking at this thing moving forward like, what the hell do we do now?
1: Well, you know how I know? Uh-huh. And I guess there's probably a way to actually quantify this, but like mm-hmm. superimpose Vlad's 2021 season on the 2023 season. How many more wins the Blue Jays have? Yeah. I could tell you it's, I mean, am I out out of my mind saying it's five? Mm -hmm. Blue Jays are in the discussion to win the division. They'd probably score more than one run in two games against the Minnesota Twins would be my guess. I mean, who knows? It's two games in baseball, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Aaron Judge in his 60-plus home run season, you know, went two games without hitting a home run. I get it. But your chances of winning a very winnable series against the Minnesota Twins team, like, just play that season back with the best version of Vlad, and Mm -hmm. everything's different. Yeah, it's it's all it's all on his shoulders.
0: Honestly, that's like I want to like I want to take a break. But one of the things that actually has me the most upset about all of this is just how we were really in twenty twenty one going. There's no team that's better off than the Jays in all of baseball.
1: Mm-hmm. I felt that way.
0: And two years later, the the only organization that you can really com- well, I guess you could still compare them with the Yankees, but it really does more games than them. Yeah, it, just, it, it really does feel like the Jays are entering the season as the, at best, third best team in their division. And if you were projecting forward based on past track record of the Yankees and spending power of the Yankees and the fact that they just got Soto and how injured they were last year at the pitching. The, the Orioles, position-
1: or, they just... Traded for Corbin Burns, who yeah. is gonna sign an extension because yeah. they are now
0: they just a, got a new ownership group.
1: All those young guys are gonna be locked up. They're mm-hmm. gonna be in the Soto Sweepstakes. We haven't seen Jackson Holliday, and maybe he stinks. Like who knows? Mm-hmm. It's unlikely. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty it seems pretty unlikely. <laughs> based on <laughs> based on everything that I read about him over the last three days, seems like he's gonna be pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. Uh maybe they add yet another starting pitcher. Like there's there's the possibility that that, that happens as well. Like mm-hmm. they're they're already just won the division, like
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. Tough. They, they, here's and they did it on the backs of beating the brakes off of this team yeah. night in, night out. I mean, Blake
1: Snell's days. still out there, right? Yeah. Like, you don't think that that the new ownership there in Baltimore yeah. wouldn't like to say, "Hey, not only have we gone out and traded for a guy who's a pending free agent who we're likely to sign, we're going out and signing the guy at the tippy top of the pitching market too." Mm.
0: Yeah, it's good. Well, it's not even just Blake Snell. They're still like an abundance of pitchers that sure, are out
1: there. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. It's the one thing they need, right? It's the one thing that they barely added at the deadline. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's th- – here's the good news, though.
0: Yeah, I and- like how you keep doing that to close these combos. You're like, here's the thing. Here, okay, let's hit me with it. I'll do plenty of – listen, I'm going to get optimistic the closer the season mm. gets, okay? It's just I- I'm very much like a lot of you, I think, listening to this right now where I I, I never would have guessed this as the outcome I, I never would have thought. And no I thing, was all we, i was as pessimistic as anybody projecting sure. it. I went, guys, I'm telling you, this farm system is not like, you know, my friends at, uh, I can't, I'm can i forgetting what their Instagram handle is. I think Jay Central. My friends, they were like mocking up the Soto trades. And I went, that's not even going to be close, fellas. Mm. And they were like, but why? Let's dream. And I was like, nah.
1: Michael that, King's like maybe a front of the rotation yeah, starter I,
0: this season. Yeah, that's it. But it's just, there were all these ideas floating around of different players that the Blue Jays could go out and target, right? Like, uh, what's the, I'm blanking on the guy. Guy's name in chicago mm. their stud young outfield Luis robert yeah. or i always call him robert but it's robert it's just they call him robert. i do robert I, I put my own little flair mm. on it because i went to french immersion uh <laughs> and his name's Luis. like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get that one it's hard to get that one it just i i never thought that they were going to really be able to trade but i figured man they're gonna some some kind of splash like they will be the team that either overpays for bellinger overpays for somebody it's just like now nah, it doesn't look like they're going that route either and damn it, that's To me, that almost feels a little bit too like they don't want to throw good money after bad if things go sour yeah. with the no. They're the ready two to stars. Yeah. The,
1: you, you won't be able to convince me otherwise. Here's the thing, though. Here was the thing I was going to say that was positive. Is like, well, they made the playoffs with 89 wins. The Diamondbacks made the playoffs with 84. And... Yeah, maybe it was a one off, but yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to be good to make the playoffs anymore in Major League Baseball. No,
0: that's a very nice thing. That's a very nice thing that baseball did was. Because the Blue the Jays sport- weren't very
1: good last year, I can yeah. tell you. They the made the playoffs. Yeah,
0: the one sport with the awesome regular season is like, well, they ruined all the regular seasons. Like football now, everybody makes play yeah. playoffs too. Of course. It's like. The entire the final Steelers two weeks.
1: made yeah. the playoffs, man. Oh, I was
0: going to say that I know the Bucks ended up winning, a, but I watched yeah. the, every week. Of course. There was no impetus for me with my Sunday ticket to be like, "What are the Bucks doing today?" <laughs> that's, that's
1: different because yeah. they won the division too. That's not even like an added. Yeah, but like, that's wild... it.
0: That's that, that's it. Is but I, I'm just saying there was no time where I went. I really want to see these guys play. Yeah. There was at least times where I thought, "Oh, the Steelers have some interesting stuff." Like. This, no, yeah. Hey, their wide receiver yeah. that all of their fans gassed up the entire preseason <laughs> doesn't block because he says he doesn't want to.
3: That's interesting to
0: me. That's <laughs> interesting to me. It was a good year for them. Anyway, uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Before we do, uh, the iconic Coors Light Chill Train, which is very iconic, is heading to Las Vegas for the big game. And it just made a stop in Toronto, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes. On February 8th, 9th, from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., uh, look for its frozen tracks at Young and Dundas for a chance to win instant prizes that will deliver big game chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. Big game event. You can do the math on that, all right? You, you, if you're a sports fan, you should be put, doing the math on that. Do the math on that. You can figure it out. Learn more at coorslight.ca backslash the chill train. Quick break. We'll come back. And, uh, yeah, where are we at with uh, Masai Faith today on Deadline Day? Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We just ended it. we should have just not had a break because we talked about the Blue Jays during the break. Yeah. <laughs> we made a good point. that That is the one thing e- – God, I'm uh, – I get uh, people like I get really defensive sometimes when people go you're so negative about the teams and I'm like I just like being realistic and I yeah. and I do feel I don't think that being a pessimist makes you smarter in some way they've actually done studies on this where they've gone hey uh, you're not smart you're just kind of a jerk <laughs> <laughs> you're not smart
1: Stop looking
0: directly at me when you say that. no, no, no. I'm say I'm, buddy. As I'm. I think a lot of people would describe. So I get defensive at times. Where I go, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I don't look into these things, trying to say, like, if there is a positive outlook, then I want to speak on that. Right? Yeah, of course. I always think that the track record of the discussions we have and the ways I can get carried away when there is excitement counterbalance that. But again, mm-hmm. no, you only live in the moment of the thing, right? And but if Vladdy does have an incredible season. I just don't. Know, he's going to compare himself to Soto, mm-hmm. and so Soto and Vlad are going to hit. You know, he's going to see what Soto gets in free agency. Yeah, and he's going to say, "I
1: want that." Well, plus a, another year will have passed. He's like inflation, yeah. like inflation. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if he has a Juan Soto season,
0: sure. Pff, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I mean, we've seen. I guess that him and Juan Soto having a rivalry, Yankees Blue Jays would be
1: pretty sexy. That would be electric. Yeah, or yeah. why we even? talk about that like how about teammates in
0: 2025
1: how about both guys on on yeah. identical god that would be the greatest six hundred dollar yeah deals? i was gonna say
0: that would be <laughs> imagine that that's the scenario very realistic is the <laughs> oh yeah super the blue jays but you
1: had 700 million set aside for shohei just refund yeah. that towards
0: i love that Soto. tape from people they're like but you had all that shohei money mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah no it's shohei, the same it pays for itself though. yeah exactly uh and the Jays couldn't steal DJ LeMayhew from the Yankees. I don't think they're going to steal Which,
1: boy, that is... Uh, Remember,
0: he liked hockey, though. Yeah. Well, that Was, was it a Michigan the, guy? Yeah, I but that like. the, that's honestly the most embarrassing pander to Canada that you can have as a free agent trying yeah. to sell yourself on. Hey, let the... Mm. Hey, agents. You haven't when seen you the leak, Justin Turner stuff. When you right? leak something to the press, tell them that I like hockey. Justin Turner did it post-signing. He should have done it that's different. before
1: the signing.
0: No, post-signing... Post signing, I get it if you don't know much about here, right? Like yeah. if I, you know, like if you went and signed with a team and you went and signed with a radio station in Amsterdam, right? Mm-hmm. They were yeah. like, "You love Amsterdam. weed. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You'd be like, <laughs> I love smoking weed. Bicycles cycling around? And they would go, we're well, more than that. Okay. Yes, did I get to work smoking weed on my bicycle? But I I hate just being a spot smoking cyclist. More than that, more than that. I also wear with wooden sex freak shoes. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's do that. Uh, I I'll do Messiah face with After Grange. Um, because I do want to talk about this. You're you're turning. Do you want to say how? Yeah,
1: I've kind of alluded to it, but yeah, on I, don't my show. Some people, I, I don't like. My... I know you don't even. Man, it was only until <sighs> years had gone by in our friendship until I knew the date yeah. of your birthday.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, I don't. I really do hate birthday messages from people I don't. It's
1: a weird thing. I hate it too. Like yeah. I, I hate texting like
0: yeah.
1: happy new year, merry yeah. christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's the easiest thing in the that world I to do. Mm, nah, I actually don't it. mind because it's a
0: quick one. It's just I'm thinking about you on this day. And I do it for other people's birthdays too. But I, it just whatever it is is I It I makes don't know. me
1: feel guilty because I don't want to do it.
0: I'm not a big birthday guy. It's just it's just not mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Secretly deep down, I am a huge birthday guy in the sense of I would like someone to be like, "We we're flying you to Vegas, you know, we've all the guys, that that. like, of course, who wouldn't want that? Yeah. But I'm just saying anything less than that. And I'm like, not interested. No, thank you. <laughs> you know? hey, your unless drink. you're going to make the biggest fuss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then no. Yeah. You're very binary. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Have I got a
1: birthday party yeah. or not.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um You're turning 40. Uh huh. Very excited. On Monday. Yeah. Monday. It's working seven. on my birthday. Yeah, Like usual. Yeah. Yeah. It's 40th. After yeah, the Super Bowl, yeah, Lincoln's um, birthday as well. I don't think you got that reference. Uh, <laughs> no, that, 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 Armin looked at me like nice, and you just went like, "Oh, right
1: so you there. said like usual, right?" Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Working yeah. on a weekend, like usual. Yeah, yeah, so I don't there know. You go. yeah it, exactly. Yeah,
0: see, it's fine. fine. No, so we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving forward. On to Kansas City. <laughs> uh, Armin sent an article yesterday that I think is kind of interesting. Mm. I didn't read it because. <laughs> I saw the headline, and that was enough for me. But what is this, Harvey? Uh, where did this come from? There's a TikTok. Oh, it's a TikTok. It wasn't even an article. Catch That's it, how much I read it. Yeah.
2: Catching <laughs> a bit of Steve. And, okay, so, Ben, if you had a birthday dinner on Monday.
0: No, he's having one on Saturday. Oh, I'll okay. Be going to. okay. Yeah, so there'll be no least talk this So, are weekend.
2: you paying for JD?
0: Okay, this is actually a real... A point of contention. Not point of contention, a point of discussion between me and my wife. And Okay, hold on. Just let him finish. The- hey, that's good. That's It's actually very interesting because your wife is very much on TikTok, yeah? Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, so she probably saw it. So what's the TikTok? Yeah, so this woman was saying, you know, you can't pick a spot and then tell everyone to come celebrate you and then expect them to pay for wherever you're going, especially if it's, like, you know, nice, a nice spot, a nice, like, dinner spot. I
0: agree. <laughs> of course
1: you agree you're
2: going.
0: <laughs> what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, so here's what I told her, yeah. because she just had a birthday in December, and mm-hmm. I was like, "You don't worry. Like this is your birthday. Like, I planned everything, yeah, yeah. set it up, took her, and we, you know,
0: oh, you paid her with the money that you N- share. As no,
1: a- but I was like, I don't want you. Don't worry, but it's your birthday. Like I'll do everything." And mm-hmm. what I kind of alluded to, and may have explicitly yeah, yeah. said, no that's, it's like that's that's the way. I don't want to go. even have the stress of thinking about that. That's yeah. on you. I also don't want to pay. But yeah, yeah. like uh, this is this is your call. Uh-huh. So it's not like a, a huge number of people, but it's a lot, and that's mm-hmm. a it's a lot of money. I I don't know if a decision has been made in a hundred percent certainty mm-hmm. about that. I know that there's a lean towards. Hey, it's like. There's definitely, like, drinks will be Mm -hmm. covered. Maybe the meal itself. It's like everybody kind of does their own thing that direction.
0: Well, it's no, but this is kind of an interesting, I think, more of a pivot into deeper adulthood. Mm -hmm. Because normally when you'd go to a birthday party, Mm -hmm. if it's at someone's house, Mm -hmm. then you're bringing something. You're either bringing some food and some Mm -hmm. alcohol, and that's, like, the baseline, right? You show up to a person's birthday party. And it's at a house and you don't bring a thing. I genuinely, I wouldn't mind if you were put in jail for 48 yeah. hours. Moon jail. Hey, think about what you did. Because uh, actually, it, 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 it wouldn't even be on you, I would say. I would say that it's, it's actually your parents should be like woken up in the middle of the night. Like, and they'd be like, do you know your kid went yeah. to a birthday party and didn't bring yeah. food or drink and to someone's house? Publicly. Put yeah. it on a list. Yeah, it's like, please explain who you are. Mm-hmm. Your parents are followed around. and They're like, mm-hmm. oh, enough. And you have to live with that shame of having your parents deal with that. Um and obviously if that does happen to you there's a chance that your parents were wolves <laughs> and so they're mm-hmm. just in the forest looking looking for those two wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh but I actually do okay this is where I'm at with this. I'm I'm being sincere. Okay, I, mean, you, I planned, also
1: like again people need to be reminded that you will be the beneficiary of whatever you about to, yeah. are
0: about to propose here. No, but 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 I actually it's your 40th, oh. so you're obviously getting a gift. Mm. Like, this is a gift time where you're getting something, right? Like, you're not—this isn't a time where I'm buying you a bottle of $20 wine and saying, happy birthday, Ben. Oh, and really? Br- yeah, of course. It's your 40th birthday. Oh,
1: I, I didn't expect that. I so, didn't
0: expect— No, but that's—no, that's what I was going to say. I didn't expect it. Anyways, you got a gift. You get a gift. But the question is, when you're bringing the people— What do you think the, because I I think this is the actual social Mm. contract of the situation is if you're having a 40th dinner and I kind of agree with the premise of you're bringing people out. It's your event. I actually think that it's, it's weird though, because it's, I think it's incumbent on like your wife to pay, but then Mm. it really is your money and you're like, cool, I paid for it. Yeah. But if you think (laughs) about it, like when you have a birthday party and you're even a kid you pay for the goodie bags. You yeah. pay for the, the cake. You I know. have kids whose birthday that's, parties I That's what I'm saying. It's like it's an well. expensive thing. You do have to pay a baseline set of the thing. I just think we're at a weird spot where for, I don't know, 15 years, it's been just take your buddy for a drink at the bar, take your buddy for a, a buy him a bottle or buy him a thing, buy him a small thing, mm. versus now if it's like an event, yeah, I kind of think if you're hosting, you pay. Even though my initial brain was, I was like, how do I work it so that I'm splitting it with these people mm. that I some of them of which I don't know? What if some of them like am I the broacher? Because that's the thing. I know. If you don't want to be
1: the first guy and it's like you don't have a preconceived notion and you don't want to let it out there that you are of one mind and it's clear it. that everybody else is and like, that's not what we're that's, doing. That's here. it.
0: It's it's I don't know the if if you knew if it was like a tight group of people where it's mm. like we're the same six friends, yeah. then you're texting beforehand going. Mm. Yeah, hey, obviously, we're gonna pick up Ben's check, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. the gift is that it's like you've eliminated that awkwardness from the group. But the group's acknowledgement has to be gifts were also given. Like you can't, to me, if it's this type of adult birthday like mm-hmm. that, I don't think that you can go to the birthday I... dinner and it's a dinner. If it was a party, mm-hmm. again, you're bringing something, mm-hmm. the party's paid for. But if it's a dinner, I think that the implication does have to kind of be that the people are giving a gift.
1: See, I didn't. I um, I I didn't expect anyone to bring a gift. I didn't. I didn't think you didn't anyone think would. Us. No, I've given you
0: Christmas gifts before. I you...
1: gave. A, I remember giving you a bottle of booze for Christmas, and then you not having anything and just handing me the bottle of booze back. And then correct. That yeah. was one time. <laughs> that was one time. That happened. That definitely happened. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that I want a gift. Yeah. Like I have. If I want
0: a thing, guess what I do? As an adult, I go out and buy it. To right? be fair, I actually said. I was also going to give you a bottle of booze, but I don't like this booze. So will you just accept this bottle of booze and we call it even? <laughs> no,
1: I don't think. Yes, that's, what that's exactly how it went. No, yes, <laughs> no. I don't expect anyone to give a gift. I think okay. the gift is seeing the people and their faces being at uh, this at this thing, and then that's you know, part of the gift. That's the gift: paying for your own meal and being there.
0: So I don't have to give you this gift.
1: No. Okay.
0: Nice. What is it?
1: Unless it's really nice.
0: No. Are you going to take it back? Yeah. I can't. Oh, now it's yours. No, depends on what it is.
1: Yeah, you're really good at gifts. I will say, I am good at gifts. God, really good. Like, you, but here's the other thing though: is that you have a lot of free time that you can like think about good no, gift
0: I, ideas. I, No, it, this is what I'm saying though about my mm. birthday, where I I have such a high bar of other people oh, that it I ruins see. it because yeah. I'm like I would have done this. Yeah, but no, like I'm trying to plan for one of my other good friends' his fortieth birthday is a fishing trip. You're not doing that, so no. it's like you get the same. You got to get a different kind of treatment. Like he's not getting a gift. The gift is that we'll be paying to go on this fishing trip. Right. Your gift has to be different. It has to be material because well,
2: depending on the restaurant, the fishing trip might cost just the same as like where you guys go no, out for dinner not, and a couple it's drinks. A, it's a fine. I would say restaurant. Would, it's not like over. So the separate top. bills is never going away. That's what I'm getting from your guys' combo.
0: Separate I, bills is classless. Like to me, <laughs> if you go out to a dinner, you go out to a dinner with. It's like, woof. When I'm out with someone, like if I'm out even in the, like a, it, just I, I don't who think.
2: Who wants to take that time when you're drinking, eating yeah, you to like, figure what, out like, what? oh, you take some of Ben's and I'll you take the drink. You think you're in
1: this and... uh, this other strata? No, of... see,
0: Armin's on my side. You're you were like you thought you he was joining you. He's with me on you don't split the check. Like it's splitting the check at a nice restaurant. I just is a thought gross
2: that movie. was honestly going to be like done kind of yeah. as I got older, yeah. but <laughs> it is.
0: You got men. You get bottles of wine to the table and then you're like, oh, yeah,
2: split the bottle me. of
0: wine for it's like no 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 there's one you get you get a bill the only way that you can kind of split it is if it's like you're there with three couples and you're like we're together we're together we're together and it's like okay yeah but i'm single so mm. it's not fair to me
1: <laughs> or you go to dinner with my dad and you have to pick up
0: I, I i wish your dad was coming yeah as, as i just saw him he took but me if out for your my dad birthday was last coming weekend. I, I you know no offense michael you know i love you but it would become about you, yeah, then more than Ben, <laughs> and it's Ben's day. We so. did we did the thing with him last week. Yeah, I still would have. I still hope I I see him that weekend. Anyways, Ben Ennis. I uh, didn't even get time to talk to you about Apple Vision. Uh, but oh, uh, my God. Like, yeah, no, next time, next time, next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, guess what? It's not going away, but <laughs> I got a lot of Apple Vision thoughts. A lot of Apple Vision thoughts. Anyway, uh, before we take the break, the iconic Coors Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game, and it just made its stop in Toronto, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes on February 8th and 9th from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Look for its frozen tracks at Young and Dundas for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chill, or the ultimate prize, a grand trip to next year's big game event. Learn more at Coorslight.ca, backslash the chill train. Michael Grange next. All right, it's the world traveler. The intrepid reporter, Michael Grange of Sportsnet. What's up, buddy? Grange, we got you? There we go. Hey Grange, you there?
3: Yeah, I mean, mostly I can just hear uh, some very clubby-sounding music.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, listen, I'm working on it. It's hard to find good help, man. Like, you know, <laughs> you know this. Like,
3: I don't know. No one ever helps me.
0: Oh, <laughs> you're just out there lone wolfing it. Eh? Hey, you're just on an island. Yeah, I guess you spent uh, 15. What was it? I saw your tweet the other day. It was 15 hours in travel hell. It
3: took me, it took me 15 hours to get uh, to get. To, it should
0: have been like a three-hour journey. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I got, So do you remember? You don't remember this actually, but uh, at one point in time, I was a sports journalism student, and you came to my class. Do you
3: remember? Okay. I do remember going. Who is this person? Well, I want to be quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah
3: why is he why is he trying to win arguments with me in front of his friends yeah nothing's ever changed yeah i was to
0: say is this, i kind of did parlay that into a career so uh, this sort of, sort of worked out uh some would argue the success of said career but either way it it does get me paid um but you were there and i remember thinking at that time boy it would be so great to be uh a, a reporter somebody who travels around and uh Gets to be around the teams and goes and hotel to hotel and see city to city and then you start doing this work and or at least I started doing this work and I looked at you know that one tweet from you and go that no, that one thing would have broken me completely I'd have never made it <laughs> it's over
3: see, I, I, I almost I almost never do the travel complaint oh yeah thing it's a tough because look. I am fully aware of uh, how lucky and uh, fortunate sure. I am to, yeah, to yeah, get to yeah. do it and ninety percent of the time it's uh, I love it mm-hmm. but you do over time accumulate. Some experiences that are that stand out, let's just say.
0: Yeah, okay. So (laughs) I don't want to keep going on this, but I will say you did the right thing, which was the the only time that I really want to crucify somebody for doing the travel tweet when they're in sports is when they tag the airline. Uh that that to me is just (laughs) it's just the ultimate who do you think you are it it, uh context for me. It's like, wow, okay, so you believe because you've got, you know, a, a certain amount of Twitter following that this is going to result in some kind of change. They're going to go, guys, uh, sports personality X has just tweeted at Air Canada. We, we, we got to do damage control now. Like, we got we to gotta figure this thing out. We got to get this person sorted immediately. So you didn't do that. You just said, yep. hey, this is what happened to me, which I think is totally fair. But I have been the recipient of your ire before. And God, that person, there had to be one person that you spoke to at a desk somewhere that had no control. And they were terrified of you. There is just no doubt no, in my mind. No?
3: No, no, I did not. No, there was none of that. The only, and this is part of the tweets for me, is I was seated beside a guy wearing a state wrestling. Uh, he, he was right out of like uh, what's that wrestling movie? Anyway, he was like you know the, uh, like wrestlers are amazing athletes. They yeah. do kind Pink of wrestlers project, or real wrestler, like real wrestlers. Okay, yeah. Like they do project a little different. I'm yeah. gonna say. Yeah. Um, you know, like if your whole like like identity is tied up with you know wrestling people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and so so like in addition to this like ridiculous set of delays, was I would see beside a guy who's he was playing blackjack on his phone and was very emotional about it and, and oh. then was and he was like he 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 was a young guy so i don't think he'd done a lot of traveling and he was oh. really really thrown off by all the things and so it was it was entertaining
0: anyway. uh, no this is my nightmare honestly i get the heebie-jeebies just listening to that story because i just know how my anxiety would have gone through the roof like i i, I don't know I would I spent a lot of time in the bathroom washing my face. <laughs> I'll just say if if that was me in that situation anyway. Um Okay, so deadline day tomorrow. I did want to chat with you ahead of it. For some reason, I thought it was uh, today. I, uh, this is the way my brain
3: works. You and me both, brother. i yeah. lost track of the days many yeah. times the past couple of weeks. You have
0: a different reason, though. You're locked inside for 15 hours where there's no sunlight. But, uh, okay, let's, let's start with this. It's starting to feel, to me anyways, as a non-insider who's just observing this from the outside, that things are starting to really quiet down. And yet, the Raptors still feel a little bit a uh, part of the focus because of the Bruce Brown potential trade here that looks more and more like it's absolutely going to happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think what's different maybe um, this year, and we saw it even you know with the Pascal Siakam uh, trade is in particular is that for all the reasons people may or may not be familiar with. You know the, the the market in the NBA for players with salary is really depressed right now. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, like there's um, there's structural things going on in terms of you know the new CBA and the kind of restrictions they're putting on teams uh, that are going to be really kicking in next year and in the future. It's it's not quite a hard cap, but it's a much more uh, penal system for teams that really want to spend a ton of money. And so uh, that's why you know trading Pascal Siakam when the Raptors did, you know, kind of resulted in a pretty underwhelming return in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's kind of just carried over into this deadline is, is that players with big ticket uh, mm-hmm. tickets attached to them are, are kind of really tough to, to fit into um, teams' salary structures. And then I think another thing that's going on too is, is, you know the teams that we'd all, or fans would all be excited about. Wow, if they could get this guy, this would put him over the top. Well, you start looking at what they have in terms of trade, yeah. And you know, no one's got any picks. Everyone's done done it, right? Yep. Like the Bucks have nothing. The Suns have nothing. The Lakers have almost nothing.
0: Cavs have um, nothing. You go through it, yeah. Denver can't do it. It's like everybody yeah. at the top is stuck.
3: Timberwolves, yeah. So it's kind of like uh, so. There's just not really a lot of material out there for teams to do a lot of trades with. And obviously, if you're trying to win, you don't want to trade. You know, a key player from your rotation, you're trying to to add to your rotation. So so that's the other factor. And that's why, you know, the Knicks are kind of fairly prominent. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, Bruce Brown is is uh, anyone's idea of a superstar, but he's a good player, proven in key moments mm-hmm. and um he suits the Knicks in multiple ways, both because of how he plays and what he does, but also um, you know, they still want to keep their uh, powder dry, so to speak to chase one more star mm-hmm. and so they have a whole they're, they're the only, I shouldn't say the only, but I think off the top of my head, they're the only I guess you could call them contender um, with all all their picks and then some and so and so they, and so what I think the fit between the Knicks and Brown is in addition to on court is, you know, the Knicks needing depth after trading away quickly in Barrett is um, is Brown's got one year left on his deal mm-hmm. after this, and it's a team option. Yeah. And so the Knicks can acquire him, and then if they want, they can exercise the option, pick him up, and they—that's a twenty-three million dollar piece. They can aggregate into another sal- with another salary or two in the summer or next season. Um, use all their pick capital and go get Paul George or whoever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, And so so that's that's why there's so much buzz there. And um, yeah, and so that's that's and obviously the Raptors having Bruce Brown. Yeah, uh, they're kind of in the middle of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So all those reasons uh, mainly. Yeah, you get a, a basically you get a great rental player who is proven playoff performer who just won a championship good culture guy does a lot of things for you, you know, utility guy in Brown that also has this wonderful, unique contract that any organization can use to parlay for a better star or just opt-in without having a long-term contract and saying, yeah, this is going to end up biting us in the ass with luxury tax, all this different stuff, which makes it seem like, yeah, Brown, for all those reasons that you listed, has become someone that maybe is going to fetch more of a return than we thought because this is where I'm I'm a little, uh, let's just say, I, I, I'm, I'm being... I'm trying to be trepidatious when it comes to this because I don't want to get overly excited. Like, think about all the mock trades that we've been doing over the past little while. Like, all the way back to what Lowry's return was going to be. It's like, oof. (laughs) You know, you wrote a great article the other day about, hey, um, Norm Powell trade was sneaky really bad for this team. Not only did they pay more, they got less. Uh, that wasn't good. We all thought Norm Powell was going to go for a lot, right? It's just, this has been same thing. OG going to go for a ton. It's like, mm, you know, now that we've had a couple, you know, a month of this, it's like, eh, maybe they didn't do as good as we maybe thought the Siakam trade. I agree. Also underwhelming. You and I were at a bar once and I was trying to pitch the idea of the Raptors getting clay and, uh, Kuminga and picks for Siakam that that's how off I was with that trade. Are, are we as off with the Brown thing, given those, given these parameters? Like, do, are we looking at a first round pick? Like, could you get a first round pick not in 2024 for Bruce Brown? Is that, is that your read here?
3: I'd be a little surprised. I mean, I yeah. think that's the goal. And, and if we're just going to zero in on the next and, you know, who knows, there could be another opportunity out Apparently there. Apparently the Bucks. Uh, but I,
0: again, same thing that you said is, I, I don't <laughs> understand what they have. Yeah, that's it. It's like, yeah, it's, that's a nice thing to say, um, but who do they have?
3: And and, the, and even the the other challenge with the Bucks too is just matching salary. Right. Um, you know the Bucks don't have a ton of depth, and so they have to be some version of uh, one of Connaughton or. I was just going to uh, say you want Pat Connaughton because uh, that's what you get. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, so I think that's what's going on, and, and somebody with another team was telling me, is, is the the challenge there is, you know. The Raptors could have have been offered a first round pick and could be now. I wasn't told it was from the Knicks, but I'm kind of assuming, and mm-hmm. um, and this deal could be done if the Raptors say, "Sure, we'll take the Knicks first round pick," or this year? I, I think this year, yeah, or yeah, Dallas's no. first round pick, uh, which is top twelve protected. So it would convey um, that the Knicks have, and guess what? <laughs> the Knicks, the Raptors would all of a sudden have five <laughs> first mm-hmm. five picks in the top thirty-one of the uh what's being described as one of the worst drafts ever. So um they don't want to do that. And so I think that what they're trying to do, I'm sure, is um the Knicks have their own picks. They have a Detroit pick that has diminishing protections going out in the future. And I think the Dallas they have a Washington pick with some diminishing protections and a um and the Dallas pick. And so I think they're they're trying to I think if you're looking at these teams, let's just take that Detroit pick as an example. I think there's mm-hmm. about three years of protections on it. You know, you'd want the most future one that you could mm-hmm. because, you know, just betting that eventually Detroit will be competent enough that, you know, you would actually get the pick and it would be maybe a, a mid-round first, which for first round, hey, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but the, uh, you know, one thing that is is interesting, just talking to various people around the league this week. And, you know, there was a time in the NBA and uh, true of almost any sport, but where there was bad front offices, right. That there was, there was, uh, you know, teams that just would make kind of rash decisions. And, you know, you could get lucky. Like you could, you could, you could kind of pick on a bit, and you would end up winning a trade, so to speak. Um but I think we've I think it's most obvious in baseball, right? And you'd know probably better than me, J D, you call it closer, that you know, everything is so commoditized. It's like come around come free agency, it's boring now, right? It's like uh, player X, you know, his war plus is Z and that translates into a value of X and mm-hmm. everyone in the league knows it. And almost no one is gonna move off that. Except maybe there's a team that has a special need that's trying to, yep. you know, make a push, and so they'll, you know, they'll they'll top it by 10 percent, you know. And so, it, so it's what what used to be like a, kind of a, like a, the Wild West, like you never knew what was going to happen in free agency or the trade market, it has now become just like, you know, it, 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 all the trades seem to be equal and thus boring. Yep. Same with signings. Um, so basketball, you know, I think it's what we've seen, especially. I would say since I think the summer of twenty uh what it was two years ago, summer of twenty one, twenty two. Um, you know, when let's say when uh Utah made those huge trades and uh you know the Atlanta made that big trade. I think that was like the last rough or we're just gonna splash out a bunch of future firsts and and get a big name and and go for it. Like that especially now with under the new CBA which people are still getting a feel for that's not out there anymore and so you know the 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 like I don't think that's what's quite where baseball is where everyone values everything exactly the same but um it's got it's a lot closer to that than it's ever been and as a result like you're just not generally going to get uh trades that make you that a pop they're going to go yeah. you know I I've, I've talked to executives all week and say what about this guy what oh, this much like everyone Everyone I've talked to says has everyone kind of pegged at around the same level of value. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, the, you, so the chances, I think in this case with Bruce Brown, of, you know, getting more than a, kind of a weak first, which is a new term, right? It used to be just a first. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, well, it's a first with from this type of team with this type of protections. It's really... I love that, you know, though. Good, I'm glad we have second. this.
0: I'm glad we have you this. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I, I, I... So I guess a lot of this then is predicated on, okay, if you're, you're basically just negotiating with the Knicks and to you, it seems like it's Knicks and Mavs, right? Those are the two teams that you think would be realistic for Bruce Brown. Yeah. Okay. So So if you're dealing with these two teams and you're saying all the reasons why he's an attractive piece, right? we've gone over, Um, but you don't want a fifth pick in this crappy draft um, I guess it's better than nothing, but, or is it like, do you see a scenario where the Raptors just say, if it's going to be a 2024 pick of which we already have in a, like we already have too much. Could you see them keeping the player and then opting into his team option and, and trying this thing over again, the following season, even though, you know, yeah, he's likely not to going to fetch you back a first round pick then, but at least you got the player with the team. Like, do you think he would be willing to play? He's just going to be happy because the one thing I've noticed about his play as of late, and maybe this is just because the Raptors have looked horrific in most of the quarters that they've played recently, is that he he has even more of a mercenary vibe to him than when he first arrived.
3: Um, I don't think he's a guy who enjoys playing on bad basketball yeah. teams. Yeah, I okay, think yeah. Uh, you know, I, which isn't like I'm like who does. Um, I can't say I know Bruce well. Like I mean, my but I've Loved it. Like, <laughs> there's lots of guys that day like, No, that's a good. No, that's, yeah. it's a fair point. Like, but you know, because some guys, it's like, okay, this is my chance to put out a number and and mm-hmm. get paid. That that's never going to be him. Like he knows it, and that's why he's so valuable. Is he actually understands? Yeah, um, he's a gamer. S- sooner than some guys ever do that. What he does need to do to affect games and affect teams, and that's why in the end, coaches love him, right? Because he, he he gets it. Um, and he's a great dude. Like he's a really cool guy. And so, um, I would say this. like, I have asked him directly a couple of different times, like, do you want to get traded? And, and he, like, he says, look, he's under, he's realistic. He knows it's clearly a looming possibility, but for his own in, in, in his context, he's just wanted a a, a ring. Mm -hmm. He's been moved four times in three years. This is his, Fifth team, fourth team in six years, and just you know, I think he's only been in Toronto total for about eight days, right? So, so I think you know, if if it came to that, and he, you know, the Raptors did opt, in, did pick up his option, which hey, guess what, twenty-three million bucks—that's pretty good. Um, and then this this thing just extended into the summer or uh, into next season, that would be fine too. You know, I, I think he's, 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 it's not like he's 33 and this is his last crack. Like, he's still a pretty young player. So, um, yeah, I think, I think for all those reasons, there's, it's not unrealistic that they just, that the Raptors just go, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't the time and we'll revisit it when it is the time again. Um, and he's not like as a guy, he's hard to have around. I mean, he fits in with, well, with how they want to play. And, um, you know, and if the circumstances, this time next year, I perhaps're a little bit better and he's having a good year, and blah 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 the one maybe maybe uh, it's a it's an easier move to make
0: okay uh let 's wrap it for fire through some of the other names then um you were the first one that had it last year when we all thought Gary Trent jr. was a goner, and then he didn 't end up being a goner, and now it just feels like they 're in a the exact same spot minus the ability for him to opt into a deal. Is this a scenario where if they like do you th- a do you think that they end up? trading Gary Trent or that they're taking offers on Gary Trent, but B, if they don't trade him, do you think that they lose him for nothing or that they try and re-sign him?
3: I think anything's possible. Um, Where's your lean? The, uh, what's my lean? Yeah. You know, I kind of lean, mm-hmm. um, lean that they sign him. I kind of lean that they sign him. I don't think that there's... I'm pretty confident to say there's not a great you know, it's not like somebody's gonna throw them four second round picks or something or a first mm-hmm. or whatever level first for Gary. And you know, the challenge there is he's really good at kind of one thing and not that good at much else. Mm-hmm. Um which but the one thing he's really good at is obviously very important. So Dressing. um <laughs> he's amazing at that. Yeah. He's incredible. Um but uh but anyway so so you know I think I think the, the the one reason why you might just say, you know, take whatever you can get, or just let them walk, is, um, is you know, you, you you want to create a a path for a guy like Grady Dick, let's say, maybe even Jordan Wara, um, you know, to have regular minutes, regular role, and a real runway to uh, to blossom, so to speak. And you know, there's been some signs of that recently. Um, so, so whereas if you sign him big gary mm-hmm. um you know you gotta you gotta play him if you don't play him you got a problem and and you know there's no guarantee that his value will be will increase so um i wish i could give you a clear direction No, I, I think that's
0: um, a fair point especially the Wara stuff yeah. right is that's that's my only thing for let him walk for nothing is okay well if you weren't getting offered anything then you couldn't make something happen out of nothing anyway um i'm surprised that gary Trent jr doesn't have some value around the league or a little bit more value around the league, given that that skill set is so important and you'd think, okay, he can just, he can blend in, he can do that. We've seen him in the playoffs, be able to create his own shot. My thing is, how, is, how many millions is he supposed to be better than a guy like Wara who shoots the ball well, right? And I know he's on a tear shooting for the Raptors since he's arrived. And I don't think he's as good of a shooter as Gary Trent Jr., but is, is, he, is Gary Trent Jr. worth multi-millions more than Wara or a player like that? I, I don't know, based on the, the one-dimensional stuff. And it gets into the other things. Like The next guy is, what, do you think Boucher gets moved? Because same sort of thing where doesn't really feel like there's a direction moving forward with the team, not really certain about what the value is to other teams. Uh, what, what are you hearing on Boucher?
3: Uh, I think the raptors would be very open to moving him um you know he's got i think he's got he's at ten point eight next year his deal kind of descended year by year yeah. for years um so you know a reasonable contract and and but i just think i just think i mean the writing's on the wall right like he's uh, you know, this is a guy whose career assist-to-turnover ratio is one-to-one. Mm-hmm. And literally, it's one-to-one. <laughs> like you said, he <laughs> one assist and one turnover to his career. And I'm a huge Chris Boucher fan in many ways. Personally, um, yeah, no And, and it, like, to me, his NBA story is one of the great stories ever, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's no – he had no business of being a guy who's played now seven years in the NBA. Like, zero – and I've written about it, and uh, I also find him to be um, just a really compelling guy in his own way. Mm-hmm. That said, um, I don't think that there's a real good connection between him and the coaching staff. I think that uh, they know it, he knows it, and, um, you know, and I think the best for all is if he can get moved along mm-hmm. Um and so we'll see. You know, like I think you could in the right situation, you know, like you know, Dallas is a team that comes up all the time. Um, for a lot of these kind of players where that you know, they, they kind of have some needs but, but can't pay top dollar. Um you yeah, know, he might be an interesting fit, right? And you you know, you imagine him sprinting the floor or uh kind of you know, playing along Luka Doncic, like situationally, like, you know, we've all seen the guy. I mean, he can change games, right? So um so I think he's a guy that that could get moved, and you almost wonder if the Raptors would be determined enough that they might even attach, I guess, like, a <laughs> pick or something, to to help that help that along. But um, but yeah. So mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I was gonna go next. Is the, who's the team getting the draft pick with the Boucher deal, though? Even at that number. Uh, okay. So last one in terms of um, the rumor mill. Have you heard anything on discussions around Schroeder or Pirtle?
3: I ran into a, a GM a Western Conference team uh, last week, and, um, you know, a team like New Orleans would be interested in Pirtle. Um, you know, they just need, you know, a kind of defensive-minded big uh you know, kind of like the flip side of the coin to to Jonas Bellusciunas, so to speak. But you know, I just don't think there's a fit there financially. Um, mm-hmm. New Orleans, you know, they're, they're a team that absolutely will not go and un- go over the cap, and they just have so many salary obligations going forward that they can't take on long-term money. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that same conversation, you know, they, they thought there could be a first-round pick for Jonas. Um, sorry, did I say Jonas?
0: Yeah but uh, I know what you meant Pertle.
3: I I meant uh, Pertle. Yeah. Um and so um yeah, so that's an interesting one, but I mean the the flip side, I think he's got 60 million left on his contract. So you're going to have a bit of a limited market. And like listen, the Raptors aren't planning to be competitive this year, and I you know, I don't know how long they envision this rebuild being, but um you know, they you know, you know. I think you have to be competent, right? Like you have to have a team that actually Agreed. can play basketball. And so, if you kind of are again trading Jakubertel, uh, if you could, and the return was a 2027 20, protected first, um, you know, in the meantime, you're like absolutely torpedoing this season and probably next, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and then you've got to look at how that affects the rest of your group. So, so I don't think. I'd be a little bit surprised if they're actually trying to trade rack and purple.
0: Yeah. Um, the game tonight, right? They play Charlotte tonight? Is that tomorrow? The game. Okay, yes. <laughs> huge. It's tonight,
3: yes. Huge game. Big yeah. Game.
0: No, I think if you're a Raptors fan, you should watch this Charlotte team and go, This is what you could like this is what you're signing up for if the Raptors are horrific next year. If like they're just stripping this down to the studs where and, and like they don't I don't think they have a player that's like Lonzo, who is a uh I, I'm trying to think of the way to say this. That's not rude. Um, non-winner. <laughs> did not, uh, non-winner like him. But yeah, uh, I, I think like Brandon Miller is a really good player, but I'm, I would be nervous if I was a Charlotte fan about what you're actually going to end up getting from him considering what is around him. Um the I think you shared the video of their coach speaking the other day like he's very mm-hmm. in tune with what their team is and what uh, mm-hmm. a lot of their guys seem to be going for some people should be familiar with them because you tuned in for the Carl Anthony Towns game and and saw yeah uh how Carl Anthony Towns was able to score a lot of those points which was the Charlotte Hornets weren't exactly like no they were pretty much like sure uh yeah anyway uh i don't i don't think that the raptors should be the the full tanks stripped down tear down if they really do believe that scotty barnes is a good player that they think quickly can give them more whatever um but the thing is with the Purtle stuff the interesting part of it is I can't remember who I was speaking to about this this last offseason because I think it might have been Jake Fisher, but he brought up maybe it was you. I don't even know. Sorry if it, I'm stealing credit from you, but it was noted that when Pertle was negotiating his contract that he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild. Like he was looking for some kind of assurances that the team was going to be competitive. He had just come from San Antonio, and, and I am curious how
3: that plays. I mean, a part. He said he said the same thing yeah. in Toronto just last week. Okay, so know, there you go. In the, in the wake of the of the you know just shortly after the Siakam trade and I think it was the first time he he'd been available because he had been hurt mm-hmm. and um you know he just he just says you know like oh I'm good here as, you know as long as we're not chasing a number 1 pick and and you kind of listen to that and you're going well mm-hmm. you might be yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so yeah no I think I think I think and I would look you know I would be you know sometimes it comes down to how aggressive your agent is sometimes it comes down to how you know your own personality, you know, but, but he's 29, I think. And, you know, he got traded away from an, an elite winning situation and then he kind of put in some hard years with San Antonio and now he's come back here. I think last year, obviously the, there was a lot of optimism about where this was all headed, mm. and now it's a 180. So, you know, would I be shocked if in the summer, like he, you know, it was made clear that listen, this is not what I want to do for the next three years. Like, no, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but, again, you know, it, it, sometimes it's players of different, um, you know, Jakob doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to go on strike. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. So, but it's an, it's an interesting question because the circumstances under which he signed that deal are vastly different than the circumstances uh, that exist now.
0: Yeah, that's it. Uh, Grange, um, I'm glad that you're safe and sound in Charlotte. Uh, and You haven't had as horrible travel woes. And, yeah, really soak this one in tonight, you know, like this <laughs> –
3: well, I'm just looking at the standings. Yeah, and so the, I think that's the how the bad Raptors... Charlotte is,
0: though, is that they can't even catch these guys, and they're horrific. Yeah. Is that's yeah, the, how bad the Charlotte is?
3: Ten wins. The Raptors have seventeen. So I think it's a, it's a three and a half game gap. Yeah, no. Yeah, and uh, you know, it really, honestly, like it, Raptors really need to uh, let Win. Memphis let Memphis get ahead of them. They are, and then let Portland catch them. And then that gets them into fifth. And that really does improve their odds of keeping their pick this year, mm. um, which I think they probably want to do. Oh, I'm
0: the opposite. I'm I'm very much they should be trying to win these games. Like, I was crushed that they blew it to OKC. One is I root against OKC like no other. They stole my Sonics. I, I just, I even in one regular season loss, I enjoy seeing Oklahoma City lose. Um, wow. and I hate how happy they are and how good they are and how I just immediately enter.
3: Awesome shade goes, no, it's the
0: worst. It's, I, I like actually, sometimes is, and... I genuinely wonder if I'm dead and this is hell is what the thunder are is because it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, 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 like I, I grew up hating the suns and then Steve Nash went there and I was like, God, I have to warm up to the suns. This is horrific. Um, but yeah, the thunder going from me escaping Kevin Durant, Harden, Serge, uh like westbrook to okay they're going to go down to the wilderness now it's oklahoma city it's a dust bowl city who knows it's going to be it, now their front runner fans are going to go away to them landing the guy who I think is going to end up being the greatest Canadian basketball player ever. And yeah, uh, just a fun team in general to watch, like hit on every pick, unique style of play, unique, different set of players. Like not just only three and D I, I hate it. I, I can't. I, and I, like, I watch them because I love watching them play and I love Shea. And then I just sit there and hate it. And it just, it's, it's hell. Like it's genuine hell. It's sports. That hell.
3: Sound, that tough. No, it's horrible. Um, it's, um, it's truly horrible. If, and then the Sonics are going to come back. This was something that was important. I be sympathetic.
0: But no, but it, it is important to me. Like it's this is yeah, well. this this is the the whole reason I'm here is because of the Seattle SuperSonics. Like that's the truth. Like it's the Seattle SuperSonics and the Toronto Maple Leafs and this is like nothing no team's more responsible for that yet. Ugh, and of course the Thunder have to be this. And Seattle will get an expansion team and they'll be terrible for years. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up with Trey Young on that team somehow. It's just like, <laughs> I know how this goes. Lonzo Ball and Trey Young backcourt and people will be like, man, this is sick. Look at all the stats they get. Uh, it's going to be the way my future goes. Anyways, uh, that was just off the rails. Uh, thanks for mm-hmm. your time. Enjoy the Charlotte Hornets game tonight. All right. Have See a good everybody. one. Peace. Uh, Michael Grange. I'm very much in the position of team win games, though. For the raps, that was where I was going with that before I got sidetracked. Is I really, really, really think it's much better for them if they kick this if they kick this pick over to San Antonio this year. Have their here's the other part of it too. If you're gonna trade Bruce Brown, this is my read on it. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe maybe New York blinks and they give you 25. I don't think Dallas, Dallas's is this year or next I can't remember. I, I didn't do enough Dallas research before today. Maybe Dallas kicks you the 25 if they're in the mix or they have their 25, but I'm I'm not sure they do. I got to look it up, or Armin does they right now. Do. So they have their 25?
2: They have their 25 first-round pick. No pick swaps? No pick swaps.
0: So full control Dallas has over their 25?
2: Yes, it's their own.
0: Okay, so then that's the best you can do. I'll tell you right now. If the If the Raps get... The Mavs 25 pick for Bruce Brown, zero complaints. That is unquestionably a win. Getting a pick in next year's draft from Dallas doesn't matter. Dallas could be one of the best teams in the NBA. I'd rather have that 25 pick from them, uh, you know, that lands somewhere in the twenty late 20s than another pick in this year's draft, especially from the Knicks who will end up conveying that in the 20s as well. So you're going to end up having three draft picks that are going to be in the 20s, early to late 20s in a... Lottery ticket draft, okay? So maybe they hit on them, and you go, okay, well, maybe they'll be able to turn a couple of these guys in. But it's beyond that. I don't like the idea of bringing in five guys picked in the top 31. Five. And then trying to develop them all at the same time. Along with Grady Dick, along with Scotty Barnes, along with Emmanuel Quickly. Like, that's just a lot of, that's a lot. I think it's important to have some vets. It's important to have some pieces on your roster where guys get minutes and actually know how to play. That's why Schroeder is still important. That's why Pertle is still important. That's why I'm not advocating for those guys to be traded unless, of course, it was some kind of insane over-the-top trade, right? The Thunder come to you. I saw one fake trade proposal. I think ESPN did it of what the Thunder could give up for those two guys, and I said, yeah, all right. I guess if it's that, then you do it. But this year's draft, I wouldn't be overly interest, be interested in. But if you're the Raptors, if you could somehow find a way to win these games, kick that pick back to San Antonio and then have control over your pick in 2025, that just gives you way more flexibility in terms of, yeah, what you're doing. Are you going to trade a Pirtle and gun for the number one pick like we just went on? Well, like, are you going to trade Schroeder next year and go for the number one pick if things start to go sour? Are you going to have more hope for the franchise knowing that you have your 2025 first overall pick? Like That's the Cooper flag draft. Right? Like, there's, there's, there's actual guys at the top of that thing. If the Scotty Barnes thing doesn't materialize, and I got to be honest with you, Scottie Barnes could be a great player. I think that that's very much on the table for him. But if you dig in and you take the truth serum, do you think it's a guarantee? I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee. Like, they lose a lot of games with Scotty. He has a lot of missing quarters, and we all love to say, oh, it's development, and we point to the All-Star stuff, and it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, he made the All-Star team as a reserve. Cool. That's nice. Credit to him. But I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as convinced, I think, as a lot of people are that he is a certainty to be an NBA superstar. I'm just not. There's, there's, there's been some concerns when I've watched his game. I think that – let's put it this way. If he had that night, like the other game against OKC, and that was such a – in a vacuum game, right? Like, oh, Scotty Barnes disappeared for a quarter and some overtimes. Like, that's so unlike – we wouldn't have brought it up. It wouldn't have been a big talking point. It was a talking point the the way that you do with someone when you're starting to feel something out where, hey, this issue's been going on for a while and now you're like, hey, I know this is... It's it's like uh, when you're afraid to have conflict with someone when we go, hey, um, just bringing this to t- your attention. Uh, that's When you do that, it's not the first time that you've thought about this. You've thought about it before. There's a reason why we're having questions of, hey, is Quickly and RJ and how's the development around this guy? It's not a bona fide. It's not an automatic. It's not an automatic for many. I'm, just, I'm not saying that this is some common thing in the NBA, but it should be real that there is a scenario where next year or the rest of this season. And the first half of next year, the Barnes thing's not taken off and you go, Hey, you need, you need another lottery pick. You need another, you need, you need a stud. You need a stud. That's going to be the number one. And maybe he's the number two. Maybe he's more Pippen than Jordan. And so I'd really like to have control over the 2025 pick. If I'm the Toronto Raptors knowing, yep, let's get, let's get up there. Let's tank. Let's, let's start sitting guys, Let's restart this thing, especially given if you look at the standings right now, right? You look at the standings, and the Raptors seem pretty locked in with being the—they could be the fifth team. Of course, you could get lottery luck, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But next year, next year, you got to think that the Pistons are better, that they just can't keep doing this, right? Like, they have to take a step. The Pistons have to, have to, have to take a step. They were even trying to look into the Zach Levine thing. They're going to try to spend some money. My guess is the Pistons, they, they can't be this moribund again. The Hornets, I think, will continue to strip it down. The Nets are kind of in a situation where I'm not really sure. I don't really see a path forward for Washington. They'll be amongst the worst of the NBA teams again. But here's what I think will absolutely happen. Memphis, going to be better. Like, they're not going to be a tanking team again. They should be healthy. They're deep. They've, They've actually got some younger players that are good. Memphis will be fine. Portland should take a step. Scoot was hurt. He's had a bad year. It's been pretty up and down. Portland should be better, I think, next year. Even if they move Grant, I would imagine that they're going to be a little bit better than what they are next year as long as Scoot continues to develop and they bring in another pick and they've got sharp. There's there's reasons for optimism that they start to build off of this year a little bit. And then the biggest one is right now, I think, if where San Antonio in the standings is where? There's third last? Dead last in the West. No, dead last in the West. But I think the third last overall, like I think if we were doing the picks off of the NBA, this is off the top of my head Just looking at it. I think San Antonio is the third worst team or third worst record in the NBA right now. There is no way if you've been paying attention to anything Wemby has been doing lately, there is no way that his team is third last in the NBA next year. Like they're, they're going to start to figure things out and they're going to start to expedite the, we want good players around this guy. The Spurs, the Spurs are going to have a better record. So if you are the raps and you are looking at your team, you got to be saying, Hey, some of the worst teams this year are definitely going to be better next year. At least two, at least two of the five teams below you or the six teams around you should be taking a step. There's a path, at least for you, or a more realistic path for you as the Raptors to say, next year, we're trading Pirtle, we're trading Schroeder. You know, we're, we're shutting down RJ for a month. And we've realized that Scotty Barnes might not be a number one on the team, and we're going to tank, and we're going to go for Cooper Flagg at the top of the draft. And maybe it's not him at that time. It's other guys too, but that's the dude right now that I, I'm the most aware of. Me, personally. This is my show, so that's the name I'm going with. Anyway, um, win games. You should be cheering for wins. Well, you can cheer for whatever you want, but I think the smarter move right now is to cheer for wins.
2: Don't you feel just a sense of comfort, though, watching the raps nowadays?
0: What do you mean? Like, I'm just like, ugh.
2: No, I've honestly enjoyed it. I don't know what it is. What, it's like like, when you're freezing
0: to death and you feel warm at the end?
2: (laughs) It just feels like, okay, at least, like, I know this is it. Like, Mm. aside from maybe, like, seeing Bruce Brown, like, not knowing what he's doing out there, but... Like, after this deadline, I just—I honestly feel it. Like, I was watching them even in the blowout against the Pelicans, and I was like, at least I know, like, Grady and Scotty are getting all these possessions. Like, I don't know. No, but— Just a sense of comfort.
0: Peace. But this is the point. And people should know this better from watching crappy teams here. But uh, although—I'm not trying to say this to be annoying. I'm saying this to be real. A lot of fans of the Raptors don't really know— what the bad Raptors look like, what the, what the rough years were like because you, you were younger. It's a younger fan base and 2015 now is a decade ago. So there's a decade of fans that know one bad season in Florida where everyone basically scrapped it anyways and it's not the thing that you remember from the pandemic. You weren't even watching the games. It was just, hey, this is over. It's not here. Who cares? Out of sight, out of mind. There's not a real knowing of what it's like to be in the wilderness in the NBA. And it sucks being in the middle. And we've discussed this and they needed to get out of the middle. And so they needed to, these moves were necessary, but just because you're getting possessions and touches and, and run and burn doesn't mean you're going to, that's the best path for development. Making sure that guys are around good players is usually the best thing. That's the whole heat thing is Jaime Jaquez gets to play with good players. He gets opportunity. You're, feeling good about his development. There's a reason why they felt like they could trade for Terry Rogier, a player that historically has just been a gunner on bad teams. They felt as though if they put him within the system around good players, he would start to develop good habits, and that wouldn't be too late for him. If you're the Raptors, you don't want to have a team of Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick and five first-round picks all running out there because then you know what you are? You could, You're more likely to turn into the Charlotte Hornets than you are, in my opinion, to... Turn into the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's far more rare to become the Thunder than it is to become the Hornets or the Pistons or the, you know, go on down the line and look at the teams that are at the bottom. The Raptors are not going to be able to get their way out of this with free agents. I'm not as confident, neither should anybody be, about the Raptors' ability to make trades. Because, one, like Grange outlined it, everyone's smarter now. All the front offices are smarter now. Masai's not picking on teams the way that he used to be able to. Like the Knicks, look at the discrepancy between this Knicks trade now and the Knicks trade with Bargnani. Got first for Bargnani. That ended up being a lottery pick, high lottery pick, versus now you traded OGN and Obi for not, ugh, like, I'm, I'm a little less certain about that trade than I was when it first got made and every Knicks fan on the planet was like, you're going to adore quickly. And I still like quickly, but I just, I don't, I don't know what the, watching him more, I'm going, maybe you are a bench guard. Maybe you're not going to be a starting guard. He's young, so we'll see. And maybe the cultural stuff with RJ is not going to have as much of an impact if the team is just horrifically bad and not able to play. I'm just saying, just saying.
2: And watching OG change their change the Knicks yeah. season too. It's like
0: wow. Well, that's it. Well, also just the yeah. I, I did wonder of seeing OG playing a good team right now. If the Knicks said, "Hey, we'd like to trade him today." pretty sure you'd get a better trade package than what the Raptors got.
2: That's like, what happens when you put yourself in a corner. For sure. But I,
0: I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying if, if the trade was today, if the Knicks said, even with the elbow injury, we are trading OGN and OB. We couldn't come to terms with them. We want to move them. My guess is that you'd be able to do better than quickly and bear it in a second round pick. That's just my guess. Anyway, uh, all right. Uh, let's take a break. Before we do, the iconic. Coors Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game. And it just made a stop in Toronto, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes on February 8th and 9th from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Big window. Look for its frozen tracks at Young and Dundas for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game day chills or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. Learn more at coorslight.ca backslash the chill train. Quick break. We'll come back and hit what we missed. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Hey, let's wrap this sucker up. Again, if you listen to this podcast, please do me a favor and leave five stars on Spotify or on iTunes. And I'm actually, it was just during the break, reminded that I forgot to post my bet of the day yesterday, so I'm doing two today. So follow on Instagram, at J.D. Bunkus. And on Twitter, same handle, at J.D. Bunkus on either because uh, I've put in a lot of time with Super Bowl props this week. I'm genuine. I, I truly believe deep in my soul that I'm going perfect on props this year. This is the year. I feel so good about the props this year. Anyway, um, what I don't feel good about, and I can kind of do the what we missed rundown, is two things from yesterday that I really got to talk about. One is the new faces in new places in hockey. Two is the Oilers winning streak coming to an end, but three, and I'm starting with this because these guys don't ever get enough burn anyway. It's the Toronto Argonauts. And much like the NFL, when a quarterback gets a new contract, you're going to see a bloodletting when it comes to the depth of your roster. And it makes it even more heartbreaking that the Argos blew it last year when, God, they were such a perfect team. That was such an exhilarating watch. Truly the the best thing that was going on in the city last summer, by far, sports-wise, by far far sports-wise by far so enjoyable and yet choke to the Alouettes congrats to the Alouettes great alternate reality though that I will always believe is had the Argos just handed the ball to AJ Ouellette on the first drive of the game they score a touchdown and they blow the Alouettes out and the rest is history and instead Chad Kelly throws a ill-advised pass it gets picked off and right in front of my face I'm getting an Alouettes DB giving me the peace sign as he's running in the pick six. And yeah, the Argos lose. Yesterday, the Argos got killed in free agency. And I know some of you right now is like, oh, JD, who cares? Shut up. That's who cares? Me. This is my show. Argos got killed. Even if you're a casual fan, you probably know who AJ Lett is. Even if you're kind of like, oh, a peripheral, you've only seen him on TV a couple of times, you know that he's the white running back with the Thor like locks, who has the who who has the Thor's hammer. I think he went to Ohio. I think he was a Bobcat. So yeah, famous, famously good running back there. Awesome player, just heart and soul of the offense guy that was a battering Ram RB that wore teams down week after week. And now the Argos are in a situation where I don't know what their running back situation is going to be next year because can't have Andrew Harris as your primary back in 2024 and losing Ouellette. It was tough. I just, I didn't even expect it. And this is the thing is I'm not a, I'm not a watcher of CFL free agency. I'm not a, uh, this isn't something that I was prepared for at all didn't even know he was a free agent. Now he's going to Saskatchewan he's already painted his Thors Hammers green and I'm I'm crushed by it. But then they also lost their corner Jamal Peters, who's excellent to the richest deal in CFL history for a cornerback. I think that was right. I think I read that right or maybe it's the richest next season, but either way, lost him to the Tie Cats and then their all-star like linebacker, DB hybrid Darius Pickett leaves too. So very, very tough day for Argos Nation. Very, very difficult day. And more pressure on friend of the show, Chad Kelly. Okay? It's got to be the revenge season, Chad. You, you got a Revenge season. A lot of internal development time for your Toronto Argos because that, that looks like the path that they're going to have to take moving forward here. Internal development and good scouting. So good luck to them because, God, I don't want to lose the Argos from my summers. Not I can't go back. I can't go back to watching a a terrible team. I, I yeah. I'm ready for good games. I'm ready. Uh lastly, just quickly, the Oilers they were going for 17. They lost to Vegas. It was a tight game, it was an intense game. It was an awesome game. It was really enjoyable. Stayed up late to watch it. And not to I I had two quick thoughts. One is Team Canada fine in net because they've got Hill and he's good and they had Stu Skinner and he's good as well. But also, I did think, sorry to make this always about the Leafs, even when it's your one moment, Edmonton and Vegas, but I couldn't help but think that the Leafs, as they're currently constituted, did not belong in, they they did not belong on the same sheet of ice as those two teams that I watched last night. Anyway, subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.